Emotional Boosters Activities to Keep Learning Fun Express Creativity Family Craft Projects Have Art Breaks Recharge the Mind Bring Stories to Life Make Life Fun Be Empowered Buy and Read the Bella Santini Chronicles Find Angela on Social Media Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest calling in from Taos, New Mexico, is Angela Lee. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Beverly. It's such an honor to be on this show. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun today, share a lot (laughs) of wisdom about a lot of topics, and just really be that expression of the voice of who you are. But for now, Nicole's going to read a short bio so the audience has a little bit of knowledge of what to expect. Go ahead, Nicole. Angela grew up in San Francisco, California. She learned from her father that men were people to fear and that anger is bad. She learned from her mother how to love unconditionally. For the first 54 years of her life, Angela was bullied, first by her father, then by the man she married. In both stages of her life, a fire caused the family to break up. The first fire, when she was five, resulted in the children being sent away for months while her parents sought housing. The second fire, a disastrous California wildfire, caused Angela to question her choices in life, leave her marriage, and seek to find herself. Angela is now an author and self-development mentor. Her children's book series, The Bella Santini Chronicles, has received high praise and is known for helping children learn how to manage their emotions. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you, Nicole. Well, that's quite a journey. You know, it's very interesting. We talk with a lot of different guests from different areas and cultures and all that kind of stuff. And it's so interesting to find some of those pivoting points of the journey that really make us who we are to shine and to bring out that inner working of why we're actually here and to find that purpose. So Tell us a little bit about those books that you're writing, the storybooks and and the storytelling and and that adventure, because that is something that's really pretty fascinating. And there's a lot of children out there today that really need to help to get an understanding. And the parents need to help their children understand that because they are probably from that same era where they didn't have an understanding. So not only are you helping children, you're helping the parents of those children. Yes, that's so true. And, you know, my books, the Bella Santini Chronicles, are, um, it's a fantasy book series that weaves emotional intelligence into the storyline. What I say is that no child is going to go into a bookstore, march up to the counter and say, I want a book on how to be emotionally intelligent but they will pick up a fairy tale and read it. And so through the characters, through the story, children learn different tools, techniques, and strategies on how to manage their own emotions. Because of my background, because of being bullied 
for so much of my life, I understand about emotions and how the repression or suppression or rejection of an emotion can create havoc in your life. But I also understand that sometimes when we get entangled in emotion, so our mind starts thinking about how unfair it is or, or how he did that to me and, and we get caught up in the emotion. In each case, it's actually harmful for our bodies, but also for our emotional well-being. I teach through these stories to children how they can be a witness to their feelings. Um, pretty much you notice how you're feeling. So you pay attention to where is the feeling showing up in your body. You name the feeling, I'm feeling sad. And then you allow the feeling because it's okay for you to feel the way you're feeling. And no one should ever be able to tell you that you shouldn't feel what you're feeling. Your feelings are part of yourself and it's okay for you to feel. Ah, that's amazing. And that is so true, regardless of what point in life that you're in, right? And I, I love the idea of the fairy tales because when, you know, I mean, I teach, you know, clients to when, when they can't find their purpose or their identity and they don't even know why they're here and they've lost all touch with dreams. It's like, let's pretend when you go back into that pretend world, all of a sudden it becomes safe and you can be just an expression of everything that you've ever thought you were or wanted to be right. Because yeah. it's pretend. And it's something about that world, you know, and, and, and that imagination that allows people to kind of drop their guard. So being able to be taught in the manner in which you're teaching children and the adults that, you know, <laughs> of these children, you know, really helps them to be significant in how they continue into their teenage life and then into their adult life and then having children of their own, right? Yeah, it, it's um, when a character that they identify with starts talking about an emotional management tool, it's so different than if a teacher is saying, now you must learn this. Um, they identify with the character. They can see themselves in that position. So they can see themselves with their imagination being successful using the management tool. And it's, it's just a um, beautiful way for children to, I say they absorb the information rather than being taught it. <laughs> well, you know, that makes sense because when we read something or we watch a movie, it's how we interpret that. <clears throat> so those lessons are going to be quite interesting as we progress down the path, right? 
Absolutely. And as someone who coaches other people, you know that that way we perceive things, the, the perspective, the lens through which we look really feeds how we feel about things. And we all remember times as children where an adult, someone in authority said something that caused us to have a lens, a new way of looking at things. And those lenses don't necessarily serve us in our adult life. So the best way I can describe this, I had an abusive father and if you can picture, imagine a drunken, enraged man looming over a four-year-old child. And he is saying that the four-year-old isn't worth the dirt under his feet. To the four-year-old, my father, the adult in question, <laughs> was speaking truth. He's the authority. He knows what's what. I'm just a kid. So I accept that's a truth about me. However, that truth does not serve me in my adult life. So what I can do is imagine that situation and look at it from adult eyes. And what do you see? A man screaming at a little girl. What he says reveals so much more about the man, the person that he is, than it ever says about the little girl. And by taking this higher perspective, this zoomed out view of it as an adult, you can reach far different conclusions than you could have as a child. And in doing that, you shift your perspective. Oh, that is said so well. It's like, it, and it makes so much sense, you know, because it is true. You know, we have such a small amount of database when we're a child. Yep. And the only database we have is being around the ones that we were around. You know, so hearing that type of thing over and over, you know, it begins, well, I, like you said, well, dad knows best. And so therefore, I, that must be real. This must be me. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and then I think all of us have gone through different periods of our childhood, you know, where, you know, aspects of that has happened and looking at it from the lens of the adult mm -hmm. and allowing the child then to heal. Because, you know, someone is in pain, they always say, something to make the other person feel more pain than what they are. Yes. And then when you add drugs or alcohol to it, it mm -hmm. just intensifies everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I look back on my childhood and I started, you know, coming to some of that realizations as well, it's like, you know, the person is only sharing what they know and what yes. they were you know, a product of, and that's how generational things just kind of flow down the, you know, the bloodline. But when someone takes that responsibility and says, wait a minute, the buck stops here, yeah. 
what can I do about it to change my genealogy so it doesn't continue? And when you start shifting that, how the energy works is so fascinating that I've got 10 siblings. So it was really interesting for me to watch how I shifted all of that in myself and how all of a sudden they started responding completely different. Mm. You know? Yeah. (laughs) So I I know there's science behind it because I went on to study a lot of the science and the metaphysics and, and things like that. And so what we do with ourselves helps to change the world and what you're doing in your books to be able to start changing, you know, so much of that devastation on such a beginner level, you know, from Mm -hmm. that age of two years old to three years old to four years old. And as they grow up and for the parent to be able to see the shifting in the child and to actually see themselves in the storybook while they're reading it, that is like a dual healing process. And that is something that just gives me chills. Oh my goodness. It's like, you know, it's like, I, I want to know where these books are. Cause I've got great grandchildren now that are in that vicinity, you know, and it's like to be able to, to have that is just like so wonderful. So that, we're going to take it. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that it is for the parents as much as for the children. And we can talk more about that if you need to go to a break. Well, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and Nicole's going to share some things about, she kind of likes to get behind the scenes. So (laughs) she's going to start, you know, have a little bit more about what's going on in your life and how you got here. And then we can talk about, you know, all of these other things as well. We could, we could, take days talking about this subject. So it's such a beautiful, intense, intense subject. So we're going to just take a short break and we'll be right back. My name is Angela. I believe children are magical. Fun fact about me, I am the author of the Bella Santini Chronicles. My goals for you live, laugh, love. Follow me on social media. Buy and read the Bella Santini Chronicles. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest, Angela Lee, calling in from Taos, New Mexico, has been sharing some wonderful things about what she does around emotions and her storybooks and how she changes the lives of children to help them understand that it's okay to have emotions. And then it carries over on into the adults and the parents. And so she's impacting so many lives on so many levels, and it's such an honor to have her here. And now Nicole has some questions for you. So Nicole, she's all yours. All right. Well, what a beautiful conversation. And Angela, you know, I usually ask our guest, you know, how they got here. What was uh, that journey like for them? What was that kind of dark night of the soul? But you are so open and honest with everything that you share. And, and thank you for sharing that. You know, so in on your website, I'm looking here, uh, and, and it's about you, and it's about you share your journey with others of how to prevent and how to become that emotionally strong person. That doesn't always mean just being shut down, right? 
And, and oh, many of us yeah. do that, right? We, we tend to shut down because there's times in our lives where we have to, and, and that's necessary, but we want to be able to be warm and welcoming and open with others. And, and you share the, that in here and, you know, seeing this and having worked with you, I get to know you a little bit more and having had conversations with you and looking at your books and, and it's just a beautiful, fun way to lighten up that energy. And when we, when I look at this, I see that, you know, Hey, you're this emotionally strong being, but yet you're sharing this fun and free and this adventure in your Bella Santini Chronicles. But we do have to, when we shut the book as adults, we do still kind of have to be adult. That doesn't mean we have to bring up that trauma all the time. How do you balance that in your life? How do you find that balance in that place? One of the things that I, I teach, um, and I shadowed a little bit of that earlier by talking about how to shift perspectives that were handed to you by others. Um, it's really about learning how to manage your emotions, how to step out of victim energy, because for most of my life, I was the victim of others. Um, and the problem with being the victim, yeah, you can point your finger and blame them all day long and you have no responsibility. However, you have no power to change anything. And when it is, that you take responsibility, even if it is only the responsibility for how you react to their behavior. That lifts you out of victim energy. And letting go of that victim perspective has been probably the biggest thing that I've done to free my own emotions. Because once I did that, I was less triggered by that same behavior. And over time, my trigger points became fewer and fewer and fewer until now, when it's really rare for me to be emotionally triggered. Um, I'm able to really from a place of neutrality view the circumstances of my life and, and just allow them to be without having to change them. You know, well said. Thank you for sharing that because when we're stuck in the victimhood, we're in fear. And if these last few years have taught us anything is that we, we have that massive fear. And once you break into that fear and break into that victim cycle and you stay there, it's easy for everybody to victimize you. And it's almost, you know, these energy vampires that want to just pop a straw on you and suck all that life out. Mm -hmm. But you have to protect yourself. It's not just putting a Band-Aid on that little scar, right? We want to protect ourselves. How do we heal? How do we be strong and develop that sense of self and really the self-leadership? You know, and who can we be to be strong mentally, physically, emotionally, understanding our environment and understanding what part we play in that? You know, if, if we could Monday morning armchair quarterback those situations and just kind of look, if I was watching Netflix and I was watching a movie, 
what would I tell that actor to do? There's like, you know, open the door and walk away. And sometimes that's hard. Or, hey, maybe you should get up and prepare for your day, right? You know, just like we eat our breakfast, have a cup of coffee, do a little exercise, have a protein shake or something like that. Put it, you know, some supplementation in our body. We have to prepare. And when we start to notice our reactions, as you mentioned, we start to see a little bit more and a little bit more how we got there. So mm-hmm. we start to go back just a little bit, not to bring up that trauma, but just enough to see if I did this, then this happens. You know, if I add a bunch of extra cane sugar or white sugar to my frosted flakes, I might end up being sick from what I'm eating somehow. And I might not feel good. My energy will tank in the middle of the day. Well, just like that, if we start to realize what part we play throughout the day, we can start to change how we react and respond. And, and this is a beautiful way to do it because it's fun, it's freeing. And you talk about that on your website about living, laughing, and loving. And we want to laugh and we want to have fun. And we're emotional beings. So never saying, hey, don't have those emotions. We're meant to have emotions. But at some point, we're meant to flip the script and change our energy. And in that victim cycle, you go from victim to survivor. And you're not standing there with your bullhorn going, marching and saying, banging on everybody's door saying, hey, you've got to listen. I found this new way of life. I understand my life. You need to do this too. We can't save everybody and everybody's not going to want to hear that story. But how do we tell it where we're not continuously living in that story? And you put it in a book. You put it in a way that people from young to old will share and read that and want to share it with others. And you can go out, you can have a life, you can be spontaneous, you can be free. But in that growth, you recognize and recognize all that life that you have lived in that journey and you can move forward. And now you can be the teacher and the mentor and that's the part that we all need to play. So we step into that and you have gracefully stepped into that role. And I want to, you know, hey, you know, kudos to you for stepping into that role. I love that because you are sharing how to be the leader within. And that's very important for all of us. And if we can do that, we can have our own lives and we can be free and we can move forward and we can create a different energy on the face of the earth. And that's what we're here on 364. And I'm going to bring Beverly back in. Thank you for having a conversation with me. Thank you. There we are. <laughs> oh, it's such a beautiful story you have and, and for sharing it. And your whole personality just shines. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I mean, I look at you and, and, and you, you're just like this rose that blossoms. Mm. And the sincerity and the passion coming from the heart and in what you're doing to change the lives and really to understand what emotions all are about and it's interesting in the times that we live in it's all about emotions you know it's okay to talk about emotions now where before it's like (laughs) it's like yeah to deny that there was even such a thing in existence right yeah it's um i lived in england for a little while 
and the um, you know don't <laughs> I forget what their little sign is, but it's like don't feel <laughs> buck up, don't feel, move on, um, and that's really the whole kind of um, energy in England. Keep calm, carry on. That's it. So um, I was doing a guided meditation to tap into happiness with a group. And I said, remember a time when you were young and you were playing, doing what you loved and feel the feeling that you felt. And, and, you know, a minute passed and someone's like, how do I feel? <laughs> ah, <laughs> because in England, it's like, we don't talk about that stuff. And there's different areas, even, you know, in America, there's different parts of the country where it's really, it's not okay to talk about your feelings. And it's opening up, but, you know, Nicole said at one point that, you know, we are feeling creatures and that, that is so true. The ability for us to feel is a gift. And many of us, and I know I did, walked through life sleepwalking, not really paying any attention to my feelings. I repressed anger from the time I was a young child until about 54 years old. What I learned from that <laughs> is that, um, you know, feelings are energy. They, they cannot be stopped. And so when we think about people who turn to substance abuse or eating or any other coping mechanism, it masks, it's a band-aid. It masks the feeling for a little while, but the feeling's still there. This was brought to my awareness in a very um, big way <laughs> when my aunt, um, before I moved to England, I was visiting my aunt and she made an offhand comment that my father was a very sensitive child. And, you know, immediately the monster I lived with, no way, but it opened up a huge understanding in me. That, and I knew that my father did not have a good relationship with his father, that his father did not approve of my father. And so all of a sudden, I could picture my dad being a little kid, being told that he was weak for being sensitive, um, being told, I know his father told him that he was, he was gay because he saw him as weak for being sensitive. And in that time period, that was a, way of viewing people. It's wrong, but that's what they did. Um, so I could see time and time and time again in my father's childhood where his ability to, to feel 
was completely quashed and um, just not approved of. And so he masked his ability to feel and the disapproval of his father <laughs> with alcohol. And yet the alcohol just kind of turned up the, the feelings. So, you know, his father told him he was a loser and he felt like a loser when he was drunk and he didn't want to feel that way. So he lashed out and his, his victims were his own children. So this understanding we all have heard hurt people hurt people. And it's so true because they're still carrying the wounds. They're still carrying that energy. And when we start allowing our feelings, we, we start letting that energy out. For me, it was, oh my gosh, days in my bedroom, screaming into pillows, punching pillows, finding ways to let the anger that I had repressed for so much of my life out. And it's still, you know, I'm still processing some of that stuff. Um, I think it's a journey of, of becoming whole as opposed to, you know, you do it one time and you're done. It's a journey. And I, I tell people to give themselves grace. We did not get taught about feelings in school. And my kids didn't get taught about feelings in school. It's so strange to me because feelings are such a part of us. You know, we we categorize feelings as good or bad and we chase after the good feelings, but they're all part of us. They're all information telling us how we feel about the things around us. And I think it would be so beneficial if schools actually started teaching different tools for emotional management because you know, child suicide is. Oh my gosh, it's out of control. It's out of control. It, it really is out of control. And you're so right. And thank you so much for sharing that story because, you know, when you're sharing that, I can look back on my life, you know, and I saw my dad in a different view as well, you know, after understanding what his childhood was and what he went through. And it's like, you know, and again, that suppression of anger. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I did a lot of screaming into pillows myself and, you know, <laughs> walking down gravel roads screaming, you know, in the, in the middle of the night. But, it, it, you know, it's that release and learning how to understand what that is and how to let go of it. Because it does not serve a purpose when you store it within. And it actually is um, because stored emotions end up it's energy and it sits in your cells and then it starts changing your cellular structure exactly and, and so there are 
many negatives <laughs> to not feeling your feelings. Um, you know, we we think about substance abuse, alcoholism, drug abuse, self-harming, suiciding, emotional eating. All of these things are when people are desperate to escape feelings that they don't want to feel. Well, you know, and they're not able to talk about them. And that's why, you know, so many things that are shifting in today's world is to allow yourself to feel and allow yourself to speak about it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being able to come together in, in groups, you know, to be able to just be that expression with no judgment. And I think the fear of the judgment is what holds a lot of people back because it just adds to the problem, right? This is such a beautiful topic. And oh my goodness, honey, we could just keep on going and going (laughs) and going, you know, we'll definitely have to have you come back, you know, and talk about, you know, different time periods and maybe, just kind of hone in on a certain subject of emotions and what can happen about it and how we can shift and change out of that. Because it is a, a, a topic that needs awareness and such a beautiful way that you've chosen to share this awareness, not only with the world, but with children. That is just such a beautiful thing. And that's where it should be taught. And if children are taught that before they go to school, they'll teach each other during school, right? Maybe maybe the teacher will learn something, right? So It's, it's actually my dream that teachers begin to use my books in school as a tool for teaching emotions. Oh. Wow, you know what? We'll have to see what we can do to make that one happen. Because if they could start that in daycare and move it up into the kindergarten, first and second grade, oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. And who knows, maybe the mental health institutions will start grabbing onto your books. So there's so many places that these books can be used. If you could leave the audience with us before we close for the day, three tips Mm. that they could take with them. Okay. Um, the first tip is to allow your feelings. You notice it, name it, and allow it. And it's as simple as that. Because an emotion biochemically will last two minutes, maybe five. But if your mind gets caught up in the emotion, it'll go on. So just witness it allow it, and it will dissipate. The second, give yourself grace, because none of us were taught this, our parents weren't taught this, and their parents weren't taught this, and so um, it's a process, it's a journey, give yourself grace, maybe you won't do it, you'll think you're not doing it right, but there's no way to do it wrong. They're your feelings. And third is love yourself because you are a beautiful, beautiful example of a magical human being. And the magic that you carry is love. When you share love, life is better. And I'm not talking about romantic love. You know, if you remember, if you're a parent, 
remember holding your baby for the first time and feeling that huge love for this innocent little being. Um, if you remember finding someone who like became a best friend and how that feeling just filled you up having this person that you loved and how you can bring that into the world and just make the world better for the people you encounter. Yeah. Oh, such words of wisdom, such words of wisdom and beauty and just heartfelt. And I just got chills all over. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing everything that you have shared here today. And we want to leave the audience with something special from you because I think you had something you wanted to share with them today, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do have a guided self-love meditation on my website. It's a free download and it's only a 10 minute guided meditation. It's designed so that you see yourself through a new perspective and can find love for yourself. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. You know, in 10 minutes, take 10 minutes for yourself and start that journey of giving yourself permission to feel and let go of all the toxicness that is stirred up inside because it doesn't do you any good in here. You might as well let it go, right? And you'll be amazed in how different you'll feel. And your books are on your website, I presume, as well. They are, absolutely. And they're on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So the Bella Santini Chronicles. All right. I love that name, Bella Santini Chronicles. <laughs> it just, I don't know, it just, it just itself has music to it. You know? <laughs> so thank you again so much for sharing. All of your information is going to be connected here with the videos and with the audios. And again, we will have to have you back for part two of where the chronicles are going. Thank you, Nicole, so much for sharing with us today and everyone go out there and be that best feeling self that you can be. This is 360 Wisdom Speaks until we see you on the next episode. Emotional boosters, activities to keep learning fun, express creativity, family craft projects, have art breaks, Recharge the mind, bring stories to life, make life fun, be empowered. Buy and read the Bella Santini Chronicles. Find Angela on social media.